This Wellness Couch podcast is brought to you by The Wellness Breakthrough. Three days and two nights with nine of your favourites from The Wellness Couch all gathering together in Melbourne for one incredible event. We can't wait to see you there. Go to www.thewellnesscouch.com for details. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the fabulous co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is the prince of psychology. He's Dr. Damien Christoph. Hi, Damo. <laughs> How did I get that one? Hello, mate. How you going, Marcus? I've just fallen into this, uh, fall into this trap, Damo, of, of giving you a nickname associated with our guest, but because you're... I was going to prince... call you the abnormal presenter. You could call me, I'm so abnormal in everything, but you could call me the abnormal <laughs> presenter, but I'm going to introduce one of the greatest, one of the greatest podcasts on the couch at the moment, Damo, because the following that the abnormal psychologist is getting is starting to grow exponentially. Yeah. We now have 11 podcasts on the couch. At, this, at the time at which we're going at to At the record. time of recording, right. and uh, it's growing uh, day by day at the moment, but yeah. There is, you know, that there's people that come to you, and I know, Damo, they come to you and I, and they go, Look, I love the wellness guys, but 100 Not Out is my favorite podcast. Or they might go, Look, I love 100 Not Out, but Inside the Champion's Mind is my favorite podcast. Or they'll come to you and they go, I love that paleo show, but the wellness guys is my favorite podcast. Yes. But you know what, Damo? Now people are going up to Carrie Thompson Casey and going, You know what? I've been listening to the wellness couch for two years, and I love up for a chat, but. The Abnormal Psychologist is my new favourite podcast. Yeah, she's and, she's booting people off off and, their and off their exactly. podium. People are no longer yeah. listening to the tried and established you know podcast, and now going to the new kids fresh, on the block. Fresh. And so I thought, you NKO know what? NKOTV, holding it a song. <laughs> if you hadn't told me you were going to do that, I would have played a song. I thought if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. And there is so much to learn from Carrie Thompson Casey. So it is a very warm 100 not out welcome to the abnormal psychologist herself, Carrie Thompson Casey. Welcome to the program. Oh, thank you, Marcus. That's so sweet. Thank you very much. I'm having so much fun being part of the wellness couch. Very grateful to be here. That's great to have you on board. Now, there's a big thing, Carrie, that comes up, and this is something that, you know, I just want to get straight into it because you know that yep. I do small talk very well. This is something that has probably come up on your podcast, but definitely comes up when Damo and I are speaking with people and engaging. And this is the thing. Damo and I are very frustrated that 4% of people eat, you know, their two fruits and their five vegetables a day. 96% of people have essentially given up yeah. on their diet. Yeah. I have a view, Damo and I have a view, that a lot of people have given up on their future on the, because they have this belief that they actually can't age well, they won't age well, they've got people around them that are proving to them that they can't age well. What do you see, particularly you know, on a day-to-day basis with clients, where do you think people are at in terms of their belief system around aging well? Yeah, no, I think you guys are absolutely correct. There's, I guess we call it a learned helplessness around a lot of aspects in our life. But as you would know, there's plenty of studies showing us that even though we're living longer, there's a higher rate of disability or chronic disease. And even in you know, Australian studies, I think the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare released a study mid last year that was saying that you know we, we're living an extra 10 years than we did 100 years ago, but we, we're doing it very poorly. So there are a longer life, but it's, it's a poor quality. So 
even though we're marketed to to give us fountains of youth, whether that's cosmetic or not, the truth is that it's it's aging is is becoming quite uncomfortable. And maybe not in the true sense of aging, because I think perhaps in the true sense of aging, it, it's not really paired with a lot of disability, but certainly with poor lifestyle choices and lots of other things going on in our environment, that, that aging process is a lot different to what it might have been 100 years ago as well. So I mentioned before the learned helplessness part, so I might just mention what that is a little bit from a yeah, psychological perspective. That'd be good. It sounds good. It's okay, a good term. Yeah, so it's very technical. Um, <laughs> so I guess we see aging as being a bit uncontrollable, right? So, you know, it's nothing we can, there's no brakes we can put on, excluding the cosmetic bits. I might come back to that a bit later. But aging is essentially uncontrollable. So when something uncontrollable happens, it leads to a feeling of helplessness. So if you put rats in a maze and you frighten them and you've made sure there's no escape and you flash lights at them or you give them electric shocks or whatever it oh, might be. I know that sounds very terrible, sorry, any animal activists out there. But, you know, in some of these studies, if you then put an escape into the maze and you repeat that, m- most of the rats won't escape even though there now is an escape. So it's like the, the rat has learned that despite the threats coming in, there is no escape even when an escape is introduced. So Whoa. that's sort of a bit of wow. an animal way to experiment. But from a human perspective, when a person believes that all future aging, for example, is going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be uncontrollable, this can lead to a disruption in their motivation to then do anything about it or they become emotional about aging and they learn that aging is something to be feared. And this phenomenon is what we call learned helplessness. So when a person attempts to manage that uncontrollable aspects of it and they're not able to contain it then they may generalize this belief about their hopelessness so to make that sound a bit more simple because that can be a bit complex is gray hair so what about no hair (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i can't help you with that well it's not necessarily a sign of aging i'm helpless about that okay so so well you know like George Clooney, you know, he moved beautifully into his silver fox stage, but you know, yeah. and um, and who who was the guy from the Bodyguard? What was his name? Ke- um, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. He did that too, didn't he? Yeah. So yeah. you know, but that's you know, he he did that well, but not everyone, you know, may see the grey hairs as as silver fox stage. They might see it as impending doom. So mm. despite covering mm. their grey hair with hair dye, yep. they still age. So essentially, there is a sense of helplessness about the aging process. And then that manifests into other domains in our life, like behavioral, like motivation, like the way we think and emotional. So it might be triggered as something as simple as a few gray hairs starting to to crop up. But broadly speaking, the behavioral and motivational effects or impacts that might come from feeling helpless about aging, including that passivity. So giving up and procrastination, you know, what's the point? Or maybe I'll do it tomorrow. It's an inevitable that I'm going to fall apart at the seams. And then you might see cognitive effects. So what's happening in the way we think. So there might be decreased problem solving ability, frustration, lowered self-esteem. And some of the emotional deficits might also be just feeling depressed or, or low mood or feeling that, you know, everything's going to have a negative outcome. And that's what we call a negative bias, which we often see in depressed clients. So mm. what negative bias means is well, the way I explain it to clients is it's like looking through grey coloured glasses, that everything you look at, that it becomes biased towards the negative. Right. So, wow. yeah. yeah. Well, so I can that. identify with a number of those things that Mark, I think Marcus brought me to that point. Um, 
very quickly and I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm approaching 40. Marcus thinks that's old. I'm now a podcaster on 100 Not Out. He thinks I'm ancient and he, and he thinks I'm like Yoda. Maybe that's my fate. So I did for a little You're bit of time get a little bit fearful of turning 40. You <laughs> I needed someone wiser than I was. I was so naive, Carrie. Oh, so, well, I had my scary ages. Like I have to say, I am in the 40 club already. So Same. I Same. I'm there. I'm with you, Carrie. You don't <laughs> look 40, though. You've got a full head of hair. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I do have seven grey hairs that are all hanging out together like buddies. Oh, they just oh, pop yeah. out in their little spot there. Listen and like, to oh, you. You're making me. You're making but I, I, again, you know, just <laughs> reflecting it back to meaning is I actually have always wanted to go blonde but oh. essentially I don't like to spend a lot of time you know on hair and stuff like that so I don't want to regrowth or anything like that so the meaning oh. I attach to those silver hairs is is any minute now I'll get to be you know dye my hair blonde and not have all that regrowth because they'll be gray and so so meaning is actually probably going to get back to what we're talking about here maybe you it's wish just... it so hard that instead of it going blonde it turned gray <laughs> I, know. I, I used to be afraid like my scary age used to be 27 and right. I was actually talking to my husband last night Favorite preparing year. for this that yeah I remember my 27th birthday and thinking you know it's so old you know 27 that's so scary and then my next scary age was 29 then my next scary age was 30 and so, on. <laughs> and so yeah but again I, I, I think it's the the meaning that we attach to aging is 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 also really powerful and um there's a, a philosopher, Jeremy Bentham, a British philosopher, and he talks about, you know, a good life being, you know, hopefully the, the presence of pleasure and the absence of pain. Um, so, for example, the depression can be the lack of ability to feel, feel pleasure and have negative mood. But he was saying, you know, it's the presence of pleasure and the absence of pain is what a good life. But then, you know, modern day thinking, we talk about, well, it's also closely related to meaning because meaning allows for many alternative pathways to well-being. So like me with the gray hairs being, you know, okay, maybe if there's like 40 gray hairs, I might be different. But with my seven gray hairs, I'm like, oh, okay, so we're moving right along. I can see them as a little like, you know, approaching this idea of maybe one day going blonde. So the meaning that we give you know the types of aging that we encounter is is really powerful so if you view the gray hair as being a devastating sign of of things to come then that's going to be so you know the pain of aging i guess is what we're trying to avoid and it's hard to know for some people is it the smaller milestones like graying or wrinkles or is it you know at the risk of sounding philosophical is it that bigger sense of each milestone takes us closer to death you know what is it that well it's what is we avoid so it's that perceived um threat of aging you know what are we trying to avoid so you know we're throughout life we're trying to avoid pain and if it's we're perceiving aging as painful or what aging represents as painful then we're going to try and avoid that at all costs and so again you know we get back to the cosmetic aspects of anti-aging and but unfortunately that only changes the outward experience so the physical sensations of aging are still present so again you can see where that helplessness comes back is because despite aging uh dyeing my hair and you know getting not that i get botox but then perhaps if someone got botox injections and they dyed their hair eyebrow transplant eyebrow transplant whatever yes. it is that you need to do new noses new cheekbones like, new chins really but, eyebrow but nothing, but nothing that's the number one trend 
eyebrow trend. Because girls, yeah, they've been over plucking their eyebrows and it's a significant yeah. facial feature. And now there's nothing left. So they cut out this four inch piece of skin from the back of women's heads and stitch yeah. it to their eyes. And uh, joking. No, it has hair growing on it. Has hair growing on it. And uh, so they could get really long eyebrow hairs <laughs> and plait them like an old man. <laughs> so, Carrie. I have to interject because you could talk all podcast, and I wouldn't get it. And between you and Marcus, I wouldn't get a, a shoe in right. So I've got to, I've got to ask you a question. This will be my first and last question, Carrie. Carrie, you've given me some examples of things that I identified with, um, with the aging and fear of aging, and this um, and learned helplessness around that, right? Because that can easily happen. I can see how that can happen. But you gave a lot of female examples. Um, as well as you know, I as well as identifying with the concepts, I can see there's many female examples. Now, I've noticed that blokes in their 30s are walking around with their tops off and they're ripped, right? When they get to 40, they've got this little pudgy bit. Maybe they've gone, oh my gosh, I'm falling apart, and they let themselves go. And within four or five very quick years, they've got 20 or 30 kilos on. And by the time they're 50, I'm generalising here because we we do speak to the outliers who are doing things amazingly but many guys tend to let themselves go very fast now do you think that guys get this learned helplessness faster than girls or is it the other way actually around? really interesting like in the research they have found gender differences between male and females in like both human studies and animal studies mm-hmm. but they haven't really been able to pinpoint the centers in the brain that are, that account for that so it's still like an ongoing why is it different between men and women but could it be the sex center uh, no, I'm sorry to say. Just well, I don't know what could be, but my theory is is about that um, connection bet- with their body. You know, women are obviously way more connected to their bodies Absolutely. at an earlier age yep. than men, and that disconnect between the body and mind is often we know women often know when they're stressed and they can feel it in their body and they might cry or they might have an outburst or they might cope with stress really well. Whereas I think men tend to not be aware of what this physical sensation is. You know, what is that? Why do I feel uncomfortable? And they can actually be quite frightened, but it often doesn't happen until they're older that they start to get more frightened of, of the signs of stress, whether it's, you know, more headaches or muscle tension or, or agitation. So that disconnect, I think, between the mind and bodies is a really big source of what creates, you know, depletion and stress. So with guys, um, they were they were connected to the way their body looked and were driven to have it look beautiful, but that isn't enough to prevent aging. So well, what's going to happen inevitably? But aging well, obviously, what your podcast is about. So if they give up or get that helplessness that despite how much I do or they become more distracted by their lives, work, kids, commitments, um, and they let go of that one thing they were doing that made them feel young, then the myriad of you know things that can happen with stress and um, other lifestyle factors that are are happening around us. You know, the expanding midriff itself can become that symbol of learned helplessness. I can't do anything to change my stomach. No matter what I do, my midriff gets bigger, I think, for blokes, for example. And they're not educated enough to understand that it's not just calories in, calories out, or it's not just you haven't done enough sit-ups. It's that whole biological, psychological, and social aspects of their life that need to be addressed in order to manage that midriff. Does that make any sense? Yeah, well, yeah. This, is, this, is, this is resonating a lot. So there's a couple of notes that I've just taken down here. I think one thing is that the mass media are much more prevalent in the uh, minds of females and males from an earlier age. 
Yeah. So that 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 has, for me plays a bigger part in in yeah they're going down uh, paths to I suppose um, maintain their youth for longer because it's almost as if they've been indoctrinated in that mode of thinking for longer. But then the other thing that comes up is that people are giving up. This whole concept of learned helplessness is generally speaking, people are giving up on things that they think they can't control, but to be brutally honest, actually can control. They do have influence over it, but they're believing, buying into the view that they can't do anything about it. And that's really where I suppose, you know, your work and our work and anyone's work that's really empowering people to live their best life is to actually say, you can, you can write the script of your life. You can improve your body. You can improve your belief system. You can improve your relationships. You're not a victim to it. It's not that you are helpless about that's it. right that, yeah that's it? yeah so it's that mediation and moderation of the aging process so and being a bit honest more honest with ourselves about what healthy really is is it's about the way you look which can be very distorted or is it the healthiness about you know across the board stuff so is it about you know your strength your balance your coordination your memory function you know digestive health all those things that you guys talk about across the podcasts on the wellness couch there's you know listening to those obviously is going to contribute to people's improved understanding of how to who age well nice um i've got to ask you just this is a totally off topic but i Mm. do want to I do want to mention the great work you're doing on The Abnormal Psychologist. I've listened to a number of episodes and I've, there's one of mine that's a favourite. But I want to ask you, what has been your favourite episode so far on The Abnormal Psychologist, your favourite guest? Ah, uh, yeah, it's really tricky. I've, I'm, I'm learning a lot and about myself as well and the whole podcasting thing. But I think in terms of overall experience, probably my favourite would be the Sam Bailey interview because – I immediately got lost trying to find his property, which I thought, you know, I'm a rural person. I should be able to find my way to a property. But it was paddock after – actually, no, not even by the paddock. I got lost at the first turn off, which was crazy. But I think that what was great about the interview with Sam was to to see him in his home environment. Oh, sorry, I should say for no one's – Sam Bailey is an amazing man who had a car accident at 19 and is now – uh, in a wheelchair, but he continues to farm and has written a great book. And when I went to his farm, you know, to see him, you know, getting around and 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 his attitude to life is just incredible. And the strategies that he he uses, he talks in his book about jumping the fence, you know, trying to get perspective when things are troubling him and he just jumps the you know the cognitive idea of jumping the fence and having a think about different things um, that are affecting other people more significantly and then he then becomes grateful for what he does have in his life so I think Sam Bailey that was pretty cool to go out there to their their farm and and sit with them and have a cup of tea in their kitchen and talk to them about things I was there for ages it was really like again so for the whole experience it was really good but again you know talking to people about discipline um, that was the ballet dancer that was really interesting and the mum who is a parent of a child with autism and a how she, you know, has coped over time. You know, I've really found it really valuable to hear their stories and hope that the listeners can hear something in that story too that's meaningful for them. And in the next podcast, we're going to start to spread more into the idea to talking to other psychologists about some of these concepts they work with their clients with. So um, so getting more into the blend of interviewing, I guess, everyday people and also interviewing other psychologists about how they define and treat, you know, presenting problems that they see in their practice. Nice. Absolutely fascinating. And uh, again, I did love the Sam Bailey interview. I'm glad you said that's been your favourite because what an inspiring man. Yeah. Talk about... Um, 
talking about making the best of whatever it is that you've got, you know, like he has done a phenomenal job and um, very inspiring story. If you haven't listened to that interview, go to thewellnesscouch.com and uh, go to the Abnormal Psychologist and look at that Sam Bailey interview. Carrie, thank you so much for joining us on 100 Not Out. I'm so thank glad you. we've done this interview. It's great work that you're doing. And as we like to say to every single guest that comes on, Carrie Thompson Casey, may the rest of your life truly be the best of your life. And you too. Thank you. I told you I'd only get one question, didn't I? I told you. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Damo, Damo wants to play something for you, Carrie. Before okay, okay. Can... see a picture of me all the time. And girl, it's mine. Oh, welcome. Welcome to the couch. New kid. New kid on the block. New kid on the block. Love it. Carrie, Damo, thank you so much for your wisdom as always. That one question that you got in was absolutely sensational. Remember, folks, we would love to hear your feedback. You can provide in any number of ways. The best is to go to our website at thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 not out. Also, if you've liked this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and check out the range of podcasts. Uh, there's 11 there at the moment. There might even be more by the time this uh, podcast goes to where you can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available, including The Abnormal Psychologist. So until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Hi, it's Damien Christoph here. 2015 marks perhaps the most important event the Wellness Couch has ever conducted. We've had two sold-out wellness summits these last years, but honestly, nothing will come close to our first ever wellness breakthrough. Your favourite Wellness Couch experts, the Up For A Chat girls, Quirky Cooking's Joe Whitten, Stu Hayes, Marcus Pierce, and of course the Wellness Guys are all gathering in Dandong Ranges for three days and two nights for one incredible event. If you want possibly the greatest peer group in health and wellness to help you catapult your life to the next level, then we'd love to see you at the Wellness Breakthrough in February. For more information, go to www.thewellnesscouch.com. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.